Today's episode is brought to you by Yelp, whose mission is to connect people with great local businesses. They're also helping me connect with you, which is totally awesome. Now here we go. My wish for everyone out there is that you shift your thinking to tenure thinking. I learned it 17 years ago, and when I did, it was life-changing for me because time slowed down, I started making better decisions, there's a calm that came over me, and I got there faster. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the future of the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. If hosting this show has made one thing incredibly clear, it's that teamwork, data, and resources will be what help us thrive post-pandemic. Understanding that, Yelp and I have created a cheat sheet, offering insight into consumer behavior, popular trends, and free tools and resources to help you get open and stay open. You can download that guide at joshcopel.com forward slash resources. Didn't write that down? There's a link in the show notes as well. Not all heroes wear capes. Some write books. The books Gina Wickman has written are directly responsible for helping me create multi-million dollar businesses, become a better leader, and find balance within my personal and professional lives. Today we discuss his latest book, Entrepreneurial Leap, and how we can apply those lessons to the hospitality industry. It was uh, both a passion project, labor of love, and a desire and need to heal the pain that I went through. So I taught what I needed the most, as the saying goes. And so I, you know, I viewed myself and saw myself that 18-year-old who was lost and mislabeled and confused and insecure. So I was this mislabeled derelict. Well, I was an entrepreneur in the making, and I didn't discover I was an entrepreneur until 29. And so that's 11 years of confusion. And so anyone out there age 13 to 93 that's scratching their head and thinking they might be an entrepreneur in the making, the whole idea is to help them understand what they are, confirm that they are, show them a glimpse of what's possible, and then give them a path to become why they were put on this earth and greatly increase their odds of success. I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, And step one is going to be to identify the entrepreneurs within our organization, right? Yeah. Um, can you walk me through the key traits that entrepreneurs have? For sure. And, you know, I like how you said that, though, identify the entrepreneurs in your organization. You know, I think, as I understand it, the large part of the audience here is hospitality and restaurant, right? And, and as I think about, you know, people working in a restaurant and servers, I think they do, they are kind of, a lot of them are entrepreneurs or at least have these traits. And <clears throat> so I think you're saying that makes sense in your business. But, you know, if I'm talking to the head of an accounting firm, that's the last thought in their mind is, so, so just know that you're asking a unique question and you're putting that, you're saying that in a context that um, is pretty unusual for what that's worth. Um, anyway, with that said, <clears throat> to answer your question, can you re-ask it because I got on a roll there? Ab- absolutely. But just, just to quickly speak to what you said, it's absolutely true. The servers, the bartenders, the bussers that work within the hospitality industry are running a business within a business, Yeah. right? And so, you know, I understand that in some industries, hiring a bunch of entrepreneurs is probably counterproductive, but within the confines of our industry, one, that's the norm, and, yeah. and two, it's an opportunity because 
that the success of their micro business is the success of your business that they're working through. Yeah. Oh, so that's so great. So yeah, you, you said that better than I certainly was trying to say that. So, you know, a great jumping off point is, so as we're talking to that audience, you know, what I've discovered and learned is that a true entrepreneur has six essential traits. And I would love to start there to kick this off because for sure, I want the listener to scan their body and first and foremost, make sure they have the traits of an entrepreneur. Um, and, and so with that, I'll quickly jump there and just say there are six essential traits. You're born with them. They can't be taught. They've been with you your whole life. And for a lot of you out there, you're going to discover these. They've always been there, but you never really put a name on them, if you will. But it, the six are this. It's visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker, and responsible. And so those are the six, and I can kind of do a two-minute riff on all that in a deeper dive, but I want to start by getting that audience the, to listen and think about, hmm, are those things me? Are those the traits that I've been exhibiting? Mm -hmm. Do you want the two-minute riff? <laughs> I do, desperately. Fantastic. And so as I give it, you know, I always urge again, just kind of listen in and scan your body and see if this resonates with you. But when I say visionary, visionary means that you have lots of ideas and you're able to connect the dots and you have this sixth sense and you see things others don't see. You see around corners. You just have this way of putting things together. Passionate means that you have passion for your thing, your product, your service. You're not passionate about all things, but man, that thing that you're obsessed about, you have incredible passion, strong belief, you wanna fill a void in the world. Uh, problem solver means that you're a creative problem solver. You just see creative solutions to problems and setbacks. You're an optimist by nature, so you lean into those setbacks. Every cloud has a silver lining. You see solutions when people are seeing problems. Driven means you have this internal fire. You have this drive that's always been with you. Uh, you're competitive. You want to succeed. You're self-motivated. You hustle. You love working hard. Risk taker is that you don't freeze when it comes time to make a tough decision. You make that tough decision. You're rebellious by nature. You're willing to fail. You don't want to fail, but you know that failure is all part of the process. And you tend to err on the side of begging for forgiveness than asking for permission. And responsible just simply means that you blame no one. You don't believe in entitlement. Uh, when something happens, you look at yourself. When you have a problem, when something goes wrong, you look at yourself, you don't look at others. And the world is split into two groups of people. Half the world, when something bad happens to them, they blame everyone else. And the other half, they look to themselves, they blame themselves, and they take responsibility for whatever they're faced with. And so that's, that's the two-minute riff. <laughs> I love it. Um, but people don't have to wonder whether they're entrepreneurs or, or not, right? You created an assessment online. Here, so here. two parts. Yeah. One, can you talk about the assessment and where people can find it? And then two, based off you know, the, the, the specific nature of the hospitality industry, would you encourage entrepreneurs to, to give this test to their staff? Well, so let's take part one and then we'll go to part two. Part one is go take it. And so then you'll have a better answer and understanding for the second part of this question. So yes, it's available on the website, e-leap.com. It will take you no more than 10 minutes. You're going to answer 25 questions about yourself and out is going to be a score. And simply put, if you score 90 or higher, odds are pretty damn good that you are an entrepreneur in the making. Okay, and so start there. As for should you have all of your people take it, 
you know, again, it depends on what type of an organization I'm talking to. So, um, you know, if you are comfortable with letting your people flourish and become what they're meant to be, and you're comfortable with them potentially leaving you and taking their own entrepreneurial leave them, by all means, yes, give them these resources so they know, because the other reality is they're going to be one hell of an employee for you in the time that they're learning and cutting their teeth and getting ready to take their entrepreneurial leave. So sometimes they're the best employees. Even though a true entrepreneur is unemployable, I think in your industry, I think it's their opportunity to, you know, practice and learn and build their brand and learn how to sell and interact with customers. So there's so many opportunities there. So my short answer on the second question would be yes, but it's got to be you as the owner that's comfortable letting them spread their wings if that ultimately means them moving on someday. Well, and that leads to the next question, which is, what's your advice for leading leaders? Understanding that there are going to be entrepreneurs within your organization, realistically, regardless of industry, right? Like in hospitality, we catch people young, right? We employ, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. So we catch people at the beginning of their career. We catch people, uh, you know, while they're still in college, while they're pursuing their dreams. How do we get the most out of these people? Because it is an exceptional opportunity for them to learn using someone else's money, right? Yeah, it's great. And I I think I'm uniquely equipped to answer that question for you because that's the world that I've lived in for 30 years. When I took over the family business, my dad had created a company in the real estate industry that trained real estate sales agents. And he had a team of 50 trainers that would do the training. And so these were all independent contractors, true entrepreneurs, responsible for their own businesses, which we led when I took that business over. And then for the last 20 years, I built EOS worldwide with over 350 EOS implementers all over the world that again are these wild and crazy, free, independent contractor entrepreneurs. And so we're truly leading leaders. And so the best lesson and advice I can give is something I learned from a book called Drive. And it's, it's truly, our team of implementers at EOS Worldwide have heard me say this a thousand times, but it's three things. Give them autonomy, give them the opportunity for mastery, and give them purpose, and, and, and then let them fly. And so that's what we've always done. We've always given the implementers autonomy. You know, we have rules and guidelines we live by. There aren't a lot of them. Other than that, you have total autonomy to go build your business, do your thing. Mastery is give them an opportunity to hone a craft of some sort. And so again, you're in this hospitality business, the restaurant business. Give them an opportunity to learn the business and master the business. And then purpose means, you know, give them a purpose. Hopefully that restaurant, the organization has a purpose and they feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. And those three words um, help me build quite an organization that I sold two years ago, still own 12 and a half percent, but I'm no longer at the helm of that organization, but mm-hmm. we built it to where we built it on the, on that basic premise, those three things. Which is absolutely amazing. I want to quote your book right now. Um, the bigger the problem you solve in the world, the more successful you will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk to me about the biggest problems that you see facing entrepreneurs today in light of the pandemic? and the biggest problems that you see facing the hospitality industry. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, um, you know, I wanna start with a contextual point going into those two things, um, because I really wanna make sure the statement is understood because the way my mind works is I think in multi-decades, okay? And so I'm not 
worrying about this month, okay? I, I, I almost think it's kind of silly, but listen, we are all battling a crisis here, okay? But now I've been doing this for 30 years. This is my fourth crisis I've been through. You kind of get good at crises, but you also just, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, it, they, it's a pattern, okay? So the point there is I'm trying to get the entrepreneur to understand that the bigger the problem you solve, the more valuable and successful you'll be. So your job is to get as close to the ground, keep your ear to the ground with your customers and clients and know their needs, know what they're feeling, know what they want. And to the degree you know them better than they know themselves, you can then provide them value and you are valuable. And so if you understand that basic premise, if we look at a thousand years of entrepreneurial history, Shit changes all the time. It's always <laughs> changing on you. And so as an entrepreneur with these six essential traits, you have the ability to evolve and bob and weave and adjust to what comes. And so that's what we're dealing with right now. We've got another change thrown at us, okay? And so, you know, my four crises was taking over a family business that needed a turnaround. And I did a turnaround over three years. And then the dot-com crash, I lost everything in the dot-com crash. And then 08, 09, we somehow survived that brutal uh, bloodbath. And then here we are now in this one. So the point there is my business mentor said in a 10-year business cycle, you're going to have two good years, two great years, and six, I'm, I'm sorry, let me, let me start over. I said that wrong. You're going to have two great years, six good years, and two terrible years that can put you out of business. Mm. And if you understand that, he told me that 30 years ago and that has held true almost to the letter and number. You know, it's, it's, we're in that two tough years. And 10 years from now, it's coming again. What it's going to be, who the hell knows? A pandemic, a recession, a war, I don't know. But something's coming statistically. And so the point in all of that is, if you understand that at a very, very high level, it will calm you down. But also your job in whatever, good times and bad, is what does your customer want? What does your customer need? And when you look at the restaurant industry now, to go to your point, when I look in my town that I live in, the restaurants that are surviving adjusted quickly to this weird, new, crazy world where nobody could come into their restaurant. When you're, That's all you've known for 20 years. How the heck do you get your head around? People aren't coming into my restaurant anymore. And so they figured out creative ways to get food to people. So the point there is, what does your customer now need in this change? Listen to them, hear them, and adjust to their needs. And so now you guys have the luxury of kind of copying off each other and the ones that are succeeding in what they're doing. But the point here is, we're gonna come out of this at some point. Um, so that should never change. Two years from now, when things are going well again, keep your ear to the ground because the second you stop, you're gonna get caught blindsided. And so always keep your ear to the ground. And then last little point, using me as the example, my obsession is entrepreneur. So I am obsessed about helping them become successful. And that has been my life now for 30 years where again, for your audience, it might be the restaurant business, whatever it is, that's my thing that I chose. That's the thing that I'm passionate about. And I spend every waking minute in my working time obsessing about what is going on with my customers, with my clients, with entrepreneurs, how can I help them right now? And I'm just providing them value where they are at this moment. So hopefully, indirectly, that answers your question, but please, please re-ask it if I didn't hit it head on. 
No, you did. You knocked it out of the park. But it, do, it does lead to my next question, which is in the book, you talk about having a 10-year plan. And we're in the midst of a global pandemic and, and massive civil unrest. Mm-hmm. Is it an unrealistic expectation to craft a 10-year plan that you can stick to today? Or is it the best advice you could possibly give? I think it's the best advice you could possibly give, and here's why, okay? So um, with that, I, I want to say something, because I always like to create context. Um, this book that I wrote, Entrepreneur Leap, and helping your audience decide, do they have what it takes to become an entrepreneur? I wrote it in three parts. The first part is the first confirm that you are, and we talked about that, the six essential traits. Go take the assessment. Let's confirm that you are. Glimpse shows you the glimpse of all, shows you a glimpse of all of the possibilities for you out there, what it looks like, what it feels like, so you can make a decision if it's right for you. What's beautiful about this podcast is that we're already focusing on a specific industry where most of the audiences I'm talking to, it's all walks of life, all potential industries. There's so many options. What's nice here is you've already been able to whittle down the industry that you're attracted and drawn to. The third part of the book is called Path, and this is where then I show a path for how to greatly increase your odds of success. So you're asking a path question, okay? And and what I'm teaching in that chapter is I'm teaching the power of 10-year thinking. My wish for everyone out there is that you shift your thinking to 10-year thinking. I learned it 17 years ago, and when I did, it was life-changing for me because time slowed down, I started making better decisions, there's a calm that came over me, and I got there faster. And so to go right to your question, I think it's the best advice that could be given because it is a terrifying time right now and God only knows what's going to happen. You know, this country is going through another evolution as it does if we look at, you know, a thousand years of history, in this case, 400 years of history. So the point here is to the degree you can calm yourself down, see your 10-year goal, have a 10-year plan, not in great detail. And so again, I think in 10-year timeframes and I feel confident in my plan what that does is it calms me down with the issues I'm facing right now. And so I call it taking action while being patient. And so I know where I'm going to land in 10 years. This project that I've taken on is to impact a million entrepreneurs in the making in the next 10 years. Well, I'm six months into it. Maybe I've helped a hundred. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. I've got 999,000 to go. So that's daunting and overwhelming and scary. But the whole point is I know I'm going to get there and I'm just doing things to get me there. And I've been thrown a major curveball with a pandemic and social unrest. And so it is a wild and crazy and scary and freaky time. And what calms me is that I know where I'm going to land. I know the goal. And I just continue to make great decisions within what I can control all the while making that 10-year goal a reality. So that's just my humble two cents and how I do it. You know, I don't have all the answers, um, but that's that's how I do it. But it, through your path, you, you've been exposed to hundreds, if not thousands of entrepreneurs mm. over time. And through that, you've been able to distill out common mistakes that entrepreneurs make. Can you walk me through some of those? You betcha. And I, so there are actually eight that I captured and coined, I call it the eight critical mistakes, uh, because what happens is we've now, we've got 100,000 companies running on EOS, the system I created 20 years ago. And and as these clients come to us, uh, and as I've worked with over 100 of them myself in the last 20 years, they, they make these classic mistakes when they start their business. 
And what I realized, because now we're in the glimpse portion of the book, to the degree I can get you to see and understand the mistakes you're about to make, I believe I can get you to greatly reduce them and maybe even eliminate all of them, which I was able to do building EOS worldwide because I, I learned this stuff before I started that business due to the previous business. So I'll give you a high level pass on what they are at a, again, a high level. And I would love it if you would just pick one, two or three, knowing your audience best, the one, two or three that maybe we can do a little deeper dive into that would really help them. But, but here are the eight classic critical mistakes entrepreneurs make when they take their entrepreneurial leap and start to build their business. Number one is not having a vision. Number two is hiring the wrong people. Number three is not spending time with your people. Number four is not knowing who your customer is. Number five is not charging enough. Number six is not staying true to your core. Number seven is not knowing your numbers. And number eight is not crystallizing roles and responsibilities. So if one or two or three jump out at you, we can dive deep and do it if you'd like. Absolutely. Um, the two that stick out in my mind are going to be not charging enough and not hiring the right people. Love it. Great. All right. So I'm going to flip the order that you just gave them to, uh, to me. And so um, hiring the wrong people. So here's the classic entrepreneurial mistake. You start your business, you start realizing some level of success, generating revenue, selling whatever you're selling, you reach capacity and now you need a body. And so what you do is grab the closest body to you and drag them into your organization, be it your brother, sister, mom, dad, significant other, your neighbor, your cousin, your best friend, and you pull them into your business and then you get back to work and you grow to capacity again and you need another body and you grab the closest body to you, throw them in the organization. And so the way this shows up is when our clients come to us with somewhere between 10 and 250 employees, they built this organization where about 20% of their people should not be there. And we literally have 20% turnover in the first year with our clients because we're helping them clean up the messes they made from the past. And people that just don't fit in the organization and they're a drag on the organization. And so the most extreme I've had is where a client had to get rid of half of their employees, 45 person company, and another one where it's just 10%. So it's not always as much as 20%, sometimes it's more. Point is this, the way you solve that is when you reach that point where it's time to bring someone into your organization or the next person, the next person, the next person, number one, make sure they are in alignment with your core values, i.e. your culture, so know your core values. And number two, make sure they have the skill set to do the job and the seat that you're going to put them in. And if you will do that, slow hire, quick fire, you'll be well ahead, much further ahead than most entrepreneurs because you'll avoid that mistake. As for pricing, not charging enough, this is a fun one because this is a classic mistake and this is a psychological mistake. This stems from insecurity and lack of confidence because most human beings, when it comes time to charge for their wares, they undercharge, they underprice themselves. They don't see their value as well. And so psychologically, they underprice themselves. And what's happening in that first year, two or three, is they're literally barely breaking even or losing money. And let's pretend they're losing 5% every year. Well, a 10% increase is the difference between losing money and making money. And so you've got to increase your prices as a rule of thumb. And there's two great resources or thoughts I would offer. The first is a TED Talk by Casey Brown. Okay, and so if you search that, she is the queen of pricing and she will teach you to understand this psychological issue, but also how to educate your customers or clients 
on pricing so that you charge the right amount for yourself. Number two is a great discipline by Dan Sullivan, my mentor and coach for 23 years. Uh, and that is when it comes to pricing, pick the number that scares you and then add 20%. Okay. <laughs> so there's two little pieces of insight that will get you pricing right. That's amazing. Um, you also, you know, you just mentioned resources. Can you think of other entrepreneurial resources? Well, read this book. <laughs> so that feels like a loaded question. But, but with that, um, there are nine free tools that I offer on the website. And so when you talk about resources, you know, I look at this as if I were sitting one-on-one -on -one with an entrepreneur in the making and they said, will you please mentor me? And I had two years to spend with them and give them everything I've got. That's everything that I've put in this book. Okay. And so the book is a resource. But what's important to know is what I've done is extrapolated nine tools and resources out of the book that are free and downloadable on the website. And so again, if you go to e-leap.com, you're gonna see these tools. And one example is, if you're sitting there thinking that you might be an, an entrepreneur, I, I created something called the one, two, three roadmap. And it's just three simple tools that are on the website. Number one is take that assessment, confirm that you are. Number two is fill out my biz match, which will tell you the perfect business for yourself. And number three is called my vision clarifier. If you just hunker down and fill that out, you're going to have a clear vision and plan for your future business. And it will move you to act that my vision clarifier gets you clear on your passion, who your customer is, what your value is to them, what you're offering them, what your pricing model is all the way down to a 90 day plan. So you go out of there, boom, knowing what you need to do for the next 90 days to start your business. So those three tools will give you the biggest impact and get you to move. But then there's six other tools waiting for you there as well. Ton of video content. And then I also, one of the tools is resources. And that's where I offer the best books I think you should read, best podcasts you should listen to. So ton of resources. Uh, it'll keep you busy for a year if you dive into everything. <laughs> Well, and I'm going to include a link in the show notes so everyone that's listening can easily access that. Great. Um, I, I am going to cut the first two minutes of this interview off where I was just fanboying, talking about how amazing you are. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, I find your teaching so inspiring, which is why I reached out. But I'm curious to know, who inspires you? Oh, my God. Uh, who inspires me? So many people. First and foremost, it's my dad, who is one of the greatest entrepreneurs of all time, an amazing visionary entrepreneur, and I was so blessed to take over and run his company, me as the integrator, him as the visionary for seven years. So he's probably my biggest inspiration because it's the ultimate rags to riches story, ninth grade dropout, all the way to building an incredible organization. Uh, Sam Cup was my second mentor and a huge inspiration and teacher of mine. Um, Dan Sullivan, I shared one of my mentors and coaches currently, inspires me. I think he, what is he now? He's 76, 77 years old. He's got the energy of a 30-year-old, and it just is still creating and building. It's so darn impressive. Uh, so he inspires me. Um, there's some thought leaders that have inspired me in the last 20 years. Pat Lencioni, Vern Harness, Jim Collins. These people have, you know, really inspired me and, and kind of shaped some of my thinking. Um, those are the ones, Alan Mulally, the CEO of Ford, who I believe to be probably the greatest leader of the last hundred years. He's, I'm in awe of him. 
Um, so those are some of the ones that come to mind. That's great. At the conclusion of the show, I like to give every guest the opportunity to talk directly to the audience. Do you have words of advice, encouragement, or anything you'd like to share? Oh, that's nice. Um, you know, I, we've, we've touched on it, and so I, I just want to maybe put an ex exclamation point on it. Um, because my wish for everyone out there is to shift your thinking to 10-year thinking. I think if we get out of this now, now, now thinking and wanting everything now and this urgency and this pressure, I think there's such terrible decision-making that's made when you're in that mode and to shift to thinking in 10-year timeframes. I mean, if you're 18 years old out there, on the low side, you have like seven 10-year timeframes left in your lifetime on the good side. If you're 60 years old, you have at least two good decades left. And so we all have so much time. And so to shift to that kind of thinking, I think you make better decisions for yourself. I think you get to where you want to go faster. I think it creates some peace and happiness. And so that would be one. And then I always like to tell people, let your freak flag fly, man. You know, free to be yourself. What would you do? And just be yourself and stop apologizing for who you are. And it took me, shit, I think I'm still working on it. But I would say maybe 10 years ago is when I really embraced that. And if I could teach my 18-year-old self something, it'd be that. Um, we're all so damn worried about what everybody thinks. Just be yourself. Let your freak flag fly. That's Gino Wickman, author of Traction and Entrepreneurial Leap. To get access to all of the tools and resources he mentioned on the show, visit e-leap.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, check out our video content, or read our weekly blog, go to joshkopel.com. That's J-O-S-H-K-O-P-E-L.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.